Hey guys, you get your bonus at the beginning this week because this week is a very special mini episode. Enjoy! Bonus! Uh, you get to do the opening this week because I sound like a Lord of the Rings extra or like I sucked 20 horse cocks because Duke Nukem Forever finally came out. So, love it. Yeah. And then the reverse gap of silence. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Slash Report. I'm M. Kletz, and this week I'm joined by Prue, as per usual, my cohort, (laughs) (laughs) who is is clearly dying still. I'm dying less now than I was earlier. Yeah, I kind of lied when I said that both halves of us were healthy on Twitter this week. Let's just call it better. We're both yeah, like better. My, I have my voice again, and I'm no longer feverish, so really, that's about as good as we can hope for. Totally. Whatever. We recorded like three times when I was sick. It was fine. Apparently, apparently in my old age, I've become, quote, delicate, so. Like a delicate lotus flower. Yep. Delicate brown lotus. Continue. Oh, I hate you. Um... <laughs> So we're really sorry that it was delayed, but obviously we had good reasons. And this week we're going to talk about Merlin, because uh, <laughs> Merlin is back. That was the sound of Prue's feelings. So many feelings. So many feelings. Holy crap. I've only seen the first two. I haven't seen the third one yet. That's a problem, because so many of my feelings, about- so many of my feelings that I'm going to eat chocolate ice cream out of a tub during this podcast are related to the third episode. Okay, but here's the thing. You told me that the third episode, I would probably cry. And I was on, like, the verge of crying in the second episode for obvious... You know what, guys? If you haven't seen this, just fail out now. Because we're discussing new episodes. We're, like, we're gonna, like, spoil the shit out of you. We're gonna spoil you so hard, you're not gonna be able to walk tomorrow. You'll never be... You'll never be spoiled this good again. Yeah, accurate. We're gonna ruin you for all other spoils. It's true. Okay, I almost cried when Sir Percival saved those babies. Because that was fucking beautiful. Uh, I almost, and, like, the main almost cried was when Lancelot walked into the veil, because it was fucking serious Black all over again. It was, like, a lot of me screaming at the television, why? (laughs) Fuck you! Lancelot's the best! Here's the thing about Lancelot. Lancelot is the entire reason, not the entire reason, but let's say, like, 90% of the reason that my sister-in-law watches Merlin. Has she seen this yet? No. Um, and probably, like, 70% of the reason that my brother watches Merlin. Okay? That's that's a true story. And as I started watching the first episode, I was so excited, because when Lancelot appears on screen, like, those first couple minutes when they're in the castle in the hallways and Merlin's being failed but kind of successful and Lancelot is, like, adorable and charming, that was beautiful. Like the best season opener that they've had. Absolutely the best. And I was just, like, yeah. furiously texting my sister-in-law, being like, oh my god, Lancelot, oh my god, you're going to love this. Because she would. Look at you. You set her up. Now she's going to be really excited going into these two episodes. She's going to come out the other side, dripping tears and snot. Yeah. Asking why. Basically. Why did Rowling start writing for Merlin? Oh, I, I didn't even have the heart to text her again and be like, I take it back. Be careful. Like, don't go alone. <laughs> don't go alone. <laughs> don't go alone. It's, it's a bad place. It's dangerous. Take this. You know, it's... I just gestured, take this kitten. Slash report fans. You know I what understand. I mean. 
Sasha Four Pants, if you don't know all our, if you don't know this joke, you need to read up on your tech memes, guys. Come on. It's dangerous to go alone. It is dangerous to go alone. Okay, but we need to backtrack a little. Like, okay. We need to talk about, I think that you and I collectively fell out of love with Merlin in the third season. Yeah, the end of season two really wasn't doing it for me, and then the third season I was just like, what the shit is this? Exactly. The season opener in three was, like, amazing, and I liked the first half of the series. And then by the end, I was really like, nah, again. Yeah. Like, I had four episodes of Merlin season three on my DVR that I hadn't watched from when they were, like, initially DVR'd during yeah. the first run. It took me, like, a year to go back to Merlin. And, okay, yeah. here's where I think they went wrong, because this is something I tell everyone, and you're going to hate me because I say it all the time, but... The original premise of Merlin was, you know, these are the people of legend before the legend. Exactly. And then in season three, they were like, fuck that noise, let's do the legend. And I'm like, you just lost the whole point of the show. Like, Plus the legend is depressing. The legend is super depressing. It's about failed relationships and, like, people stabbing each other in the back. And, uh, why you probably shouldn't trust those bitches. Yeah. Bitches be crazy. Never get married. Yeah, don't get married. Yeah. be crazy. And the magic of Merlin was that it was like, you know what? Maybe don't get married. But you know what's better than marrying? Uh, falling in love with your super gay manservant. He's super gay. No, no, no. Agreed. My mom think, was watching... Yeah, but I think that's... Oh, God. Where is this going? Okay, no, listen. It's the greatest thing. So my mom, who is like, what? Gay people? Was watching an episode of Merlin in which it's... I think it's the one with the troll queen. You know what I mean? Okay. The one where Uther marries yeah. a troll. And Merlin has to, like escape into the Camelot countryside and flee from the guards but really he's in the castle the whole time and the way that the guards determine that Merlin has like fled into the countryside is when they find his neckerchief like on a log in the wilderness and they're like he's been here and my mom was like what is he the only person gay enough in Camelot to wear one of those and I was like yes you know what because across multiple fandoms Apparently the neckerchief is, like, the new symbol of, like, P.S. I'm pretty gay. P.S. I'm into the cock. P.S. Love it. Blowjobs. Let's do this. Yeah, nice. Prue is gesturing a blowjob. It was really skinny dick, though, so it was a waste of time for both of us. Imaginary <laughs> and me. This is why I love you. I just feel like if I can completely close my finger around, hands around it, and still have, like, thumb space left, it's like, this is not working out properly. That's like a serious pencil dick situation. Okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I can't imagine bit. we're not going into this conversation right now. We're getting sidetracked. I don't wanna I don't wanna discuss that. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, the point of Merlin was supposed to be, yeah, there's some depressing times and people die and sometimes bad things happen or good things happen, but it was supposed to be like that nice period before the legend, before things got fucked up. It was actually, like, the way that I always viewed it, right? It was supposed to be, like, a classic young adult coming-of-age story. And when you have, like, a young adult version of a coming-of-age story, it's not, like, romance is not supposed to be part of it. There will be tragedy. There will be difficulty. There will even be, like, you'll get the first flush of love. But the whole thing is that you're trying to define yourself in the context of yourself. You know, it's about Merlin figuring out who he is as a wizard. And it's about Arthur figuring out who he is as Prince of Camelot and then eventually one day king of Camelot mm -hmm. and it's about their friendship you know which like we know factually to be epic you know like they keep being reborn to one another uh, whenever like time like Albion needs their help I it's not supposed to be like 
how did this go completely off the rails? Like, at this point, they're reconfiguring the Arthurian myth. And the problem is that you cannot do that successfully. Arthurian legend is too ingrained in the collective, unconscious, subconscious, whatever, of English-speaking worlds. Like, you will never, ever convince me that Guinevere didn't betray Arthur on some level because she secretly loved Lancelot. Like, you can kill him off. I'm still going to think she's a cheater. Like, there's nothing you can do about that except to resituate the plot at an earlier point. Like, well, yeah, you and I are agreed that Merlin would be a million percent better if uh, in the first season Gwen had just agreed to marry Lancelot and they had, like, started a farm or the blacksmith shop together. Problem solved. They could have babies already. They guys. could have had beautiful babies already. You see what we've been robbed of? We could have had beautiful Gwen Lancelot babies already instead. And it's not like Arthur and Merlin aren't going to have babies. They can steal a baby anytime. Or Merlin could turn into a girl. That's also an option. Really? Don't make that face. You know that it's extremely plausible in canon. He turned into an old man. He can totally turn into a lady. Basically a lady already. <laughs> it's true. I'm just thinking about like the four shitty Merlin Emprex I read like yesterday night instead of sleeping. <laughs> That's that's a bad place, but yes, I have also been there. I couldn't sleep. I was like, I, I can't sleep. What should I do? I should probably read about Merlin being pregnant. Uh, yeah. It was like a natural progression to me at the time. Dude, there was, come on, it was like two days ago when I fell into the Gawain Percival hole. And it didn't take me long to fall out of it, but <laughs> I was there for a while. It's what happens. But, I mean, come on. The episode two, one and two, whatever, sold me. Yeah. On Percival Gawain. I want to be like, they barely talk to each other, but like, not really a requirement for family. Well, not just that, but while we don't see them on screen together that often, they've been training together for at least a year. Yeah, and they've probably been busily, you know, making filthy, unprotected sex in haylofts and things like that. Well, here's the thing. So Gawain's like a troublemaker who is essentially Winnie the Pooh on crack, right? He like, cannot leave that bee's nest alone. He's like, honey, sweet! Beast. I love him so much. Yeah. He's... I've, like, never loved a character on Merlin more than when Gawain was being chased down the path by bees. And nobody cared. Yes! Yeah. It was probably in your tumbling and you needed that fucking hunt, Gawain. You go for it, girlfriend. <laughs> that is absolutely what happened. And on the other end of the spectrum, Percival is, like, he's almost like a Leon in that he's kind of sensible and he's just like, I'm going to get shit done. I'm going to save those babies. I'm going to save everyone. I'm going to have, like, the biggest fucking guns in the show. Let's do this. See, here's the thing, right? This is what I realized about Percival. Percival is, um, Fannin Steve Rogers. Because Fannin Steve Rogers is a little dumb. Yeah. But very sweet and well-intentioned. I mean, real in reality, Steve Rogers is not dumb at all. Yeah. Probably not sweet, but very well-intentioned. But, like, we'll get shit done. Percival is, like, a little dumb, very sweet, ultra well-intentioned. Okay, Percival, just, like, a note for future reference. If for some reason you're put in a situation where you can either carry three babies or the torch that will keep them from being killed by ghost rape, you yell for the other guys that you were on patrol <laughs> with. They can come over with their torches, and you can carry all three babies anywhere. Yeah. And also not killed by ghost rape. <laughs> There's no need to, like, go alone gunman that shit. I have faith that they will come back for you. Just a note from your friendly neighborhood crew who was yelling, you are so lucky you're pretty. 
He's so pretty. But you know what? Here's the thing. Everything is explained. Percival is like the one, or whatever the actor's name is who plays Percival, is Bradley James's like real life man crush. It explains a lot. You know what I'm talking about. Like Bradley James constantly on Twitter is like, oh my god, Percival's guns, right? Percival's guns, they're like the best. Aren't they the best guns? Percival is the best. And I'm like, I get it, Bradley. I think think Bradley James, in addition to having a terrible man crush on him, is also just really excited that anyone on that show is even a little bit as naked as he always is. That's true, because Bradley is always naked, and now Percival can also be naked. (laughs) I enjoy, like, okay, guys, whoever came up with the costuming for this (laughs) poor guy, whoever made to, like, give him cut-off sleeves and shade mail, like, <laughs> reconsider your career. Like, what the fuck No, no, like, you are doing the like, best job at your career. I mean, like, I'm not gonna complain, because I'm, I'm, you know. You're I'm a fan. A who would, like, drop money to watch people bend over and pick it up. But, like, damn. <laughs> who the fuck decided, like, you know what would be really great to differentiate Percival? And in order to, like, show off a gun show, <laughs> let me cut the sleeves off of his chain now. That seems like the best idea ever. What the fuck, dude? I was... Not, that doesn't make sense. You know what? I bet you the first day Percival came to training, first day Percival came to training, and, like, he'd cut off the sleeves of his mail. He, like, ran up to Arthur and was like, look, your, your highness, I came up with this brilliant idea. And Arthur's like, explain, what is this brilliant idea? And Percival's like, well, it was hard to move in all of that metal, so I just cut the stuff off on my arms, and now it's so much easier to move. And you know what? Arthur is like, you are too adorable for me to yell at you for being the stupid, fine, wear that. You're going to lose pride. both of your arms, but... At least you're pretty. You know what? At least you're pretty. Okay, I will Keep say, and- I uh, I made my boss have a meeting with me so that we could IMDB to figure out who Sir Percival, like what his name was as a character. And to do this, I had to explain to her that I couldn't figure out what the name is of the sleeveless knight, because at this point I had only seen the first episode of the season. I was like, he's like a knight, but his male shirt doesn't have sleeves. And she was like, hold on. He's wearing the male equivalent of a muscle shirt, like a medieval muscle shirt. And I was like, yeah, 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 that's, and she was like, excellent. Let's IMDb this right fucking now. You know what that is? That guy in porn is the one who shows up and the party starts. Totally. Like prior to that, everyone's just in like a poorly lit room being all like twinky at each other. Yeah. Like the guy in the muscle shirt rolls up. It's time to go. Totally time to go. Yep. Sir Percival, you're one of my favorites. <laughs> so many reasons. So many reasons. I mean, I think it's fair to say, especially given the fact that we were like going to be structured and organized about this, and instead we went off onto an immediate tangent about how we loved various elements of the first two episodes, that so far this season is good. Oh no, it's totally good. I was like glued to my seat, freaking the fuck out. Yeah. How does Merlin always do this? Because it always comes out strong, right? Like, oh, second yeah. season premiere, good. Third season premiere, fucking fantastic. And I always think that I'm going to go in for the long haul. And then I get mucked about. Season. I get mucked up. Um, you know what? I bet... Okay, so when I watched SGA, I used to pay attention after a couple seasons to who the author or the writer was for an episode. And if it was right. Martin Garrow, I'd be like, yeah, this episode has a strong chance of being awesome. And I'm betting there's, like, 
one or two people who write those really good episodes of Merlin, and then I bet there's, like, a couple of shitty writers who write some of the shit episodes. Like, I bet you there's one guy who writes all the episodes with fart jokes. Because it's not like fart jokes happen all the time in Merlin. They happen, like, one or two episodes a season every season. The best thing about Merlin and its scatological humor is that it's not just a fart joke. It's always aggressively scatological. It's like, let's let's do a two-episode arc about the troll. Yeah. And then let's do a story where Merlin empties a chamber pot. Into Arthur's space. Yeah. Even though, thank God they cut that. But it was, I wish I had never looked that up. Yeah, I wish I had never seen that deleted scene. I regret it. It should have been cut from the script way earlier. Yeah, they shouldn't have filmed it. Basically. the answer to that question. Mistakes. Um, Total mistakes. I mean, okay, so one of the things that I think is really interesting so far this season is, what do we think about Arthur, specifically as a character in his growth? It's four seasons on, he's getting ever closer to being king. If you would watch the third episode, oh my god, then we could talk more about this subject. There are a couple things for Arthur that haven't changed since the first season. He's still totally willing to just, like, die for everyone. Like, that unchanged. Which, even if it's not the best solution, like, Merlin is really good at pointing out that, like, Arthur has to live, though Merlin is bad at noticing that, like, Merlin has to live. But despite Lancelot dying being, like, a shit show for me, somebody had to go into that that was not Merlin or Arthur. That's that's the way it has to be. But romantically? (laughs) Romantically, Arthur is, like, still kind of a dumbass. And this isn't about, like, the Arthur-Gwen thing, though we've talked about that, but it's when Arthur is leaving and he's trying to, like, calm Gwen before he leaves on the quest or whatever, and to cheer her up, he asks, like, if she remembers their first kiss. Was that scene super awkward for you, too? Like, it did not feel believable at all. I I don't know. I mean, like, okay, so to give you guys some context about my relationship with Gwen Arthur, and this is something that, like, cracks Marilyn up to no end, in that, narratively speaking, I absolutely hate the fact that they went ahead with that romantic relationship. I don't like it. Like, even, I mean, it's always hard to, like, make this argument being that I'm, like, a flagrant Merlin Arthur shipper. But, like, I don't want any ships on that show. Like, I just want that show to be, like, on dry land only. No Navy involved. Like, I just want this to be, like, all magic and, like, stupid adventures and knights. Like, building a fucking round table. Like, that's all I want. I want everyone to be bros. And I want everyone to be, like, marching toward their, like, epic destiny together. Because, like, people don't write relationships in compelling ways. And, like, whatever relationship that the writer's room wants, like, may not be what general populace wants. Do you know what I mean? So, like, just don't engage in that. Like, don't engage in that. Like, everyone wants, like, Merlin to become an amazing wizard. Everyone wants Arthur to become, like, a better version of himself and to live up to the ideals of being King Arthur. Like, those are things we all agree on. Like, build off of that. Do not insert this wit of your bullshit on me. Um, On the other hand, I'm, like, ultra weak to any scene with, like, Arthur and Gwen being, like, in love with each other. Like, Seriously? I am super weak, too. It's really bad. Like, okay, do you remember the episode where they, like, sneak out into the forest and, like, Arthur has, like, a picnic? Yeah, I almost... they're making out. I almost broke out in hives. I, like, broke out into this, like, ridiculous pigeon coo. I was like, oh, because it was so sweet. No. Like, I'm, I'm, like, a total feed <laughs> for that stuff. Weak for it, fall for it every single time. It's like, it's like a chemical process happens in my brain. And, like, everything telling me that this is terrible just, like, turns off. And all my brain can think is, like, 
It's so cute. Are you and like, serious? Yes. And then the minute it's over, I'm like, damn it, I hate this. I didn't want this to happen. Okay. But then he was saying goodbye to her and he was like, think of our first kiss. And she smiled. I was like, oh. Oh, okay. No, here's my thing. Despite, it's, uh, this is without any regard for the fact that I'm a Merlin Arthur shipper. Because I am. Um, outside of that, I just don't believe Bradley James or Angel Colby in any romantic scenes with each other, with other people. When they're being bros with people, I totally believe it. Um, I don't believe any tension between Gwen and Lancelot. Like, it's I, true. And I don't believe any tension between uh, Arthur and Morgana. Like, I just don't... It's a pretty sexless show, though. Right. And I can't but... tell, like, on purpose by the show's creators, which, I mean, like, it is for... It children. is, like, BBC Children's Hour. Or if it's just, like, a failing on the actors' part. But there's, like, zero sexual... Chem- well, zero purposeful sexual chemistry. That's exactly it. When they're not trying, shit totally explodes all over the screen for me. But when people are trying on that show, it fails. And it dry Like, I just... I become extremely embarrassed for everyone associated with the program. I can't... I can't I look no at it and desire. be like, it's cute. Right. Well, I have no desire for, like, Gwen and Arthur to make the beast with two backs. Which, like, also oh. weird guys. Like, totally hilarious that they've apparently, like, been together forever. And, like, everyone in the castle knows it. And I have no doubt that they have not hit it yet. Like, they're so cute together. Like, no! Like, so cute. No. We have to move on. We're just gonna <laughs> argue about this. <sighs> My pain is forever. Like that cat who can see forever and all of it is pain. I hate you. <laughs> By the way, it's actually a dark and stormy night here in Toronto, and the cats are freaking out. So if you hear like weird noises in the background, that's what it is. Yeah, it's not a dark and stormy night in London. So uh, if you hear weird noises in the background, I'm being robbed or someone is trying to kill me. So please, someone contact, you know, Lestrade. Lestrade. I keep seeing like faux Toronto Lestrade. Have you attacked him yet? <laughs> That I miss him, that I miss his musk, like... No, because he's, like, super married. Uh, that's not an impediment. That can be legally dissolved. <laughs> he's super happily married, and his wife frequently he has her hand, hand in his back pants pocket. Okay, so let's be frank here. Who if wouldn't? I, if I were with Bo Lestrade, my hands would be down his pants all the time, too. He would have no choice in the matter. Yeah. He may not be... She could be not conning her hand into his pants. He looks that pretty happy. Shut up, he's faking it. I just, I'm just saying. Can we talk about, like, our favorite Merlin ups? Because season four is pretty great so far, but we've established that that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's like, it's gonna start disappointing me in about three more episodes, basically. Yeah, basically. And then it'll get, like, super gay again at the end. <laughs> As it does, every time. I'm always like... <gasps> But now I should get this for Christmas, right? I should totally get the box set for Christmas. And then it comes, and I'm like, oh, I forgot about these, like, three shitty episodes in the middle here. Alright, so favorite episode of Merlin ever. Ever? Yeah. Labyrinth of Gedra. Of course it is. It's got a unicorn. That Merlin. It's got, it's got, be specific here. You love it, because that stupid episode is the one where Arthur explicitly shoots Merlin's unicorn. Uh, yeah, it's, okay, so the whole plot of, there's the plot that the Merlin writers came up with, and then there's the real plot of the episode, which is, Arthur's a dick, he savages Merlin's virginity, and then Merlin's virginity, like, wreaks havoc across Camelot in revenge, and it's only when Arthur proves that he loves Merlin enough 
that like shit goes back to normal. If Arthur I treats that would involved more oral sex, but it's pretty. That's pretty comprehensive. I think. I think. So. Well, think of it this way: when Arthur is like, "Oh, I was just using you for sex," country ravaged, and when Arthur is like, "I would die for you," everyone is happy. Everyone <laughs> eats well when Arthur treats Merlin well. <laughs> That's the rule. I think I just killed Prue. I'm really sorry. Okay. Uh, Favorite episode for you? It's actually tough because uh, on a whole, I don't like entire episodes of Merlin. Valid. Like, <laughs> the show is like, I really don't know why I like it. Like, it's it's pretty dumb. It's completely not in line with any other television that I enjoy. Feelings. But, That's why you like it. Yeah, but like, I don't actually like TV with feelings, if you think about it. Like... All of my TV, everything on my DVR is either something off of the National Geographic channel, Discovery, uh, it's if it's it's probably Antiques Roadshow, an Antiques Roadshow spinoff. And then like the QI? Good, yeah, The Good Wife, QI, a bunch of political shows, and Merlin, like randomly Merlin. Um, but I have to say, like, uh, I would I would say my favorite episode of Merlin to date is the episode you haven't watched yet. The Seriously? Episode. Yeah, it is my favorite so far this series. Is it because it I'm made you cry? Pardon? Is it because it made you cry? It's a lot of Merlin episodes have made me cry. Okay. Um, this episode was, I mean, I'm just going to spoil the shit out of you. Yeah, that's fine. But um, it had absolutely everything. It had one of those hallmarks of really good writing where in the course of a very compressed period of time, you're not sure how this happens. You go from laughing to, like, weeping, and all of it feels entirely natural. Hmm. Like, it feels forced. It doesn't feel like various little scenes that are knit together irrationally. Like, all of it made sense. Like, even the, even, like, the through-line plot that, like, is built into it so that all of these ridiculous things can happen makes sense. Like, what happened in the latest episode is that it's Arthur's birthday, and there's going to be, like, a massive feast in celebration. Okay. Arthur's and birthday is always sad. Arthur's birthday is universally terrible, basically. Um, and Uther is still, like, a hollow shell of himself. But there's, like, a glimmer of wonderfulness where he sort of, like, checks in enough to be like, Arthur, I don't want to talk about, you know, town levies tonight. It's, it's your birthday. Like... I hope you've planned something to celebrate. And Arthur is like, oh, but it's not important. And Uther's like, don't be ridiculous. I am totally coming to the feast to celebrate your birthday. Nice. And it's like, it's incredibly charming. And there's like tumblers and acrobats and all of this shit. And, and then Arthur, one of them I mean, tries to murderate like, someone. Obviously, there's there's always like a terrible baddie of the week who's trying to kill Arthur. Kill Supreze. I know, right? It's like, that is almost secondary to the rest of the plot. Like, what actually happens is that... Uh, they drug Arthur with the intention of going and murdering him after the events of the party. And Arthur, still loopy as fuck, goes to hang out with his dad after most of the festivities are over and falls asleep in a chair next to his father. And as he's about to be killed, Uther, like, checks in just long enough to fight this amazing sword fight to protect his son. Yes. Like, he's not going to get down without a fight. Like, Arthur is his boy. Like, you have to get through Uther Pendragon first. Anthony Head, you sexy beast. It's beautiful. But then Uther gets injured, like, very, very severely injured in this fight. And um, 
you know, he's basically on the cusp of death and they're basically guys. It's like, there's nothing I can do. It's just a matter of time. And Arthur comes to this terrible crossroads where he's like, I'm not ready to be King. Like I cannot do this by myself. This is my father. I need him to live. And Arthur comes to the decision to use magic to save Uther. And he goes to Merlin and he's like, would you do this? He knows? And he tells Merlin he knows? No, 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 no. He's like, Merlin, would you use magic to save something that you loved? And Merlin is like, yes, absolutely. I would do anything. So Merlin decides to take on his old man costume again. As he does. as, As an old wizard. Leading to, in the midst of all of this angst, some of, like, the funniest fucking situational comedy I've seen on the show in a really long time. Including, but not limited to, thanks guys for the golden showers joke. <laughs> no. Like, Unless you want to watch me pee. Thanks, that was completely beautiful. Um, just for me, I could tell. Yeah. Uh, but then Morgana, who's still in the background, has, like, put some sort of amulet on Uther so that whatever healing magics are used on him will backfire. So Mm. that when Merlin tries to save Uther, he ends up killing him instead. Merlin actually kills Uther? Merlin actually kills Uther. Like, not on purpose. I thought Anthony Head was going to be sticking around. No, he's, like, dead. He's, like, he's pretty dead. Oh, Um, my God. Yeah, and then Arthur spends the night while Uther is laying in state with his body, and Merlin sits outside the great room, like, all night waiting for him. Because he didn't want Arthur to be alone. And that was the point at which, like, I'd already been crying for, like, ten minutes at this point in the episode, but, like, that was it. Like, blood of tears, just, like, hysterical, like, disgraceful weeping. I'm like, cry right now. (laughs) Disgraceful weeping. Arthur is crowned king, believing that magic is evil. No. Yeah. And that's, like, the end coronation scene. It's, like, everyone crying, long live the king, is Arthur's crowned king of Camelot, having been convinced that magic has no good because at this beckoned moment where it could have changed everything. Yeah. This went down. It's brilliant. It's so good. I don't know if I want to watch it now. That's so depressing. No, you need to. It's ultra gay. <sighs> that's going to take some strength. I don't know. It might be a while before I catch up on Merlin. Just, I'm just telling you that I will happily supervise and cry again. You need to move to Toronto. Yeah, I'll get right on that as soon as, like, Magical Elves give me a job there. Working on it. God, you and I have very different tastes. Clearly! <laughs> I'm kind of amazed that we're friends. Because I was like, unicorns! And you were like, the one where people die and it's tragic. It's not just tragic, right? It's setting up the promise of the premise. This is, like, the total difference between you and I. Like, the absolute... I'm just like, yeah, there were ponies and sparkles and shit happened and I got a hat. And you're like, I cried a lot, but it's beautiful because you know what's going to happen later? This. And I'm like, it's not worth it! Too many cries! But, like, so much narrative beauty. So much <sighs> character building. It hurts really, like, me. subtle, well-lit moments. We have to move on. <laughs> I'm sad inside. Are you feeling cries on the inside, MK? Yeah, I actually am. Not crying on the outside because I was raised by. I always have a lot of feelings. You like a lot of feelings. Hold. (laughs) Like you can't hold all these. Um, you know me. My whole life is like. (laughs) I can't. You're breaking up. 
all these fields. Too many fields. Come on, my whole life is like an <laughs> overflowing basket of fields. Valid. Yeah. So, okay, um, we should do some reader questions. Okay, hit me. Okay, um, from, you're gonna have to read these. Nev Longbottom from Live Journal wants to say, uh, do you think Merlin is going to have a fanish revival now that the minor characters are being fleshed out this season? No, I think we both shook our heads. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I feel feel like if Merlin does have a fanish revival, it won't be because of the minor characters. Um, It'll be because of the gay. Yeah, but frankly, I don't. I don't necessarily know that Merlin will have a fanish revival. Nothing really beats season one fandom for Merlin for me. Yeah, I mean, plus, I mean, what are you going to write? I don't know. See, okay, this is what I find weird because uh, in SGA, season three for me is like the highlight of that show. Are you okay? Yes. Season three was yeah. amazing, and so I feel like that should be. Like, in a lot of shows, it takes them a little while to find their feet. But in Merlin, it was like they had this amazing thing, and the fandom was astounding, and then they kind of lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think also that, I mean, to be fair, like, Merlin never should have been as big a fandom as it was. Yeah. Like, the show sort of appeared as, like, an oasis of flowering gay in the midst of, you know, the post-SGA transition, like... People were cold. People were lonely. People were going home with, like, a lot of fandoms that they would regret the next morning. But they they needed something to get them through the night. And Merlin and, uh, was that. I think that Merlin was really easy. And Merlin was really fun. Yeah, he and, is. And there was, like, great cast chemistry. And, like, I still genuinely like the show. Mm-hmm. But I, I have to say that, like, I don't really have a desire to write for it. I don't have the desire to write for it anymore, but I would love to see Bradley James, Colin Morgan, and a bunch of other people from the cast in a different show, um, together or not together. Um, I would love that, because they all, they work really well together. It's just that the show has gone really downhill. It's not their fault. Yeah. I mean, like, my dream series finale still stands. Have I ever told you about this? I don't think you have. Or if you have a a fish, (laughs) goldfish. Uh... My absolute dream series finale for the show is that, you know, like, it, it actually doesn't matter how it ends. Like, everything that happens, happens mm-hmm. for the show. And then, you know, people become kings. There's, like, a gruesome death. Like, who cares? Like, whatever. Fade to black. Next scene, modern-day London. Yes. And we have all the characters back again because they've been reincarnated into new versions. That would and they're be... still hanging out, being awesome. Like, that would be the best last three minutes of the series Just, like, ever. a bunch of them hanging out in a pub together? Or, like, in the process of doing something else to, like, save the world. Like, depressingly, this probably means that Arthur would have to be Chancellor of the Exchequer. But I'm sure there's some way they could involve dragons. Totally. Instead of economic stimulus. But you know what, you know what I mean? Like, we, I, I just want to flash forward and see them, like, living up to the promise of the whole concept of Merlin. Like, that would be so fantastic. And future. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, she also had a second question, which was, do you guys share the theory that essentially everyone considers Merlin's magic an open secret? He keeps doing it in public. I want to believe it. And I feel like Bradley James plays Arthur in his own head as, as... knowing that Merlin has magic. Unfortunately, I think that the series producers persist on believing that Merlin's magic is somehow a kept secret. Which is absurd, but yeah, I, I absolutely concur with that. I think Bradley James thinks that Arthur should know, and does know, and is just pretending not to, and that the producers are fucking shit up as per usual. 
It's what they do. Man, when Bradley James has more emotional intelligence about the narrative arc of a story than you do, that's like a bad sign. Yeah. He's the master of feelings, though. Yeah, but he's also taken a lot of headers, probably, with a soccer ball. Oh, say. absolutely. Like, the odds are stacked against him knowing how to structure a story. <laughs> the odds like, are I against him, him in a lot of ways. I love him, but he's pretty dumb. But he's so pretty. You know, and charming. And you know, he didn't cut the sleeves off of his mail. No, because he was smart enough to keep the sleeves on. Or okay. someone explicitly told him to keep the sleeves on. Yeah, or Merlin just keeps reattaching yeah. them. <laughs> God, Arthur, I need these sleeves. Stop fucking... T- just because Percival can pull it off doesn't mean you can. Yeah, sorry. It's just not quite the same. The next... Question. I'm going to pronounce your name wrong, and I'm so sorry. Ionauni, I think. I'm really sorry. Uh, says, yeah, Prue's making an amazing face at me right now. Considering the last episode, how, how long do you think we'll have to wait for the magic reveal, and how many ways can they have Arthur not find out? I don't even watch obsessively, and it's bugging me. He's been knocked out nearly as often as Giles. Valid. He's, he's also, like... Re- yeah, he's also reaching Lex Luthor territories of, like, convenient head injury. I don't know. I think that they're going to, like, I think that they're going to try and make, I mean, if they're smart and if there is actually, I read somewhere that there's, like, a five-year plan for Merlin, which is <laughs> abject bullshit, by the way. Total bullshit. Absolute bullshit. There's no way that somebody Total wrote this shit bullshit. out and planned it because they have been fucking it up so hard. It's impossible. I will, I will borrow a term from my borrowed homeland. Bollocks. 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 Um, Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I was actually working off of a five-year plan, I would have Arthur find out that at the end of this season, and have the main tension next <laughs> season for the fifth year be about Arthur reconciling the fact that this is his best and most loyal friend, um, and a person he loves, whether or not you think that that love involves gaping assholes and barebacking or not. Uh and he's been hiding magic from him all this time. I mean, I think that that would be a really interesting tension. And good, it would be good television. Since this is actually the Merlin producers, probably he'll find out in the last episode. Or maybe he never will. Yeah. God, I hate everything. <laughs> I hate all the things. Of course. Yeah. That's actually all of our questions. We had, like, two two-part questions from people, and the rest were just like, Yay, Merlin! Or, Yay, Slash Report! Which I totally appreciate. I think it's time for Rex, dude. Yeah, okay. Uh, both Prue and I actually would recommend the Meeting the Ministerverse by Magog83, which is... Uh, you, 100%, yes. Yeah, if you haven't read this, I don't know what's wrong with you. It's the cutest story ever. Like, hands down cutest. And there's multiple... It's like one story that's complete, and then she added another one, and it's also complete, and like everything is just cute, cute, cute. Um, so cute. So it's kind of a fusion of Harry Potter and our universe, in which um, Merlin is the Minister of Magic. In How did this happen? We have no idea. We have no idea. But it's implied that Merlin possibly rigged the elections using magic in Great Britain to get Arthur elected Prime Minister, because he loves him so much, even though they've never met. The worst crush on him of all time. Like, the hugest crush. And Merlin has no real concept of how non-magical people live or behave. 
And, uh, you know, obviously the Prime Minister has to know the Minister of Magic. And <laughs> Merlin is hilarious. And then he and Arthur fall in love. It is one of the cutest things I've ever read. I think I read it on the kink meme or something. And I left flourishing praise. And then she posted it on her LJ. And I left flourishing praise. Like a really unsubtle, like, please write more. Somewhere in there. Which I never... Because I know how much I love it when people say that shit to me. Yeah. Um, but no, I was begged. I begged without dignity. And she did. It was so wonderful. Oh my god, it's so... Like, even now, my cheeks hurt from smiling so hard because that's how cute it is. Like, every time it's I read like, it... I know, we're on, like, Skype video right now making, like, anime faces <laughs> each other. Like, ah, ah, like, we love it so much. <laughs> It's not just that, but, okay, I have a rule with fan fiction, which is, if I am reading a story and I actually shout at my laptop or reading device, oh my fucking god, he's in love with you, that's a good story. <laughs> and I do that a lot when I read yeah. this story. Like, it's, it's so cute. So cute. I reread it the other day. It was still good. It's always still good. So cute. Okay. Um, my next one is Tim Shull by Proems, which is kind of um, a modern AU along the lines of You've Got Mail, but it takes place inside a company where Merlin misstyles the first time that he calls IT, and he actually gets Arthur, who is obviously the CEO's son. And Arthur's like, fuck it, pretends to be IT, like Googles the solution and solves Merlin's computer problems. And so from then on, Merlin believes that Arthur is in IT and calls him constantly with computer problems because he's terrible with computers. And he'll complain about this asshole in the break room. Um, and Arthur is like super in love with Merlin, like, you know, is always really interested in seeing him and then eventually finds out that the asshole in the break room is Arthur. And it's, yeah, if you liked You've Got Mail, which, come on, my dream in any fandom is a You've Got Mail AU you'll like this story. It's really cute. It's very cute. Um, and I have one more, which is called All I Want for Christmas is You by Dream Dust Mama, <laughs> which is uh, Arthur thinks that his CEO dad is going insane because he's acting really weird. Uh, and there's like a secret Santa at the office. And Arthur's secret Santa gets him a puppy. And obviously his secret Santa is Merlin, who's like his PA. And everything is super cute. And there are puppies. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> That's like the most pathetic recommendation ever. Whatever. Someone like, out there is like going to the Twitter feed right now and clicking so hard. Oh, no, I completely understand. But like that recommendation, I mean, the story is perfectly adorable, guys. Like, don't don't take this the wrong way because I've read it and I actually really like that story as well. But I'm saying that the recommendation that you just provided for our listeners M, is, is solid of like more telling of your personality than anything just like starts off strong but then like you mentioned a puppy like completely derailed into like squeaking noises and feelings and now you're like cupping your face like turning bright red because you're thinking about like animals and like feelings and how cute it was so you're just falling off, dude it's super accurate i hate you that story's super cute there are puppies you should read it that's all you need to know it's your uh, turn i don't how, how to follow that up, really. Um, <laughs> I'd have to say, I'm wrecking one of my favorite Merlin stories that I've read in the fandom, bar none. Um, it is called In Time of Trial by Shine. And it, I, I don't even know how to ex like explain the story. It's kind of, it's how Arthur becomes king, is essentially the story. And it's uh, it starts with basically one of Uther's counselors 
sort of starting to spin lies about how Arthur wants to unseat Uther, and Uther starts mistreating his son, and then his jealousy gets the best of him. And Merlin, ever the faithful servant, um, helps secret Arthur away from Camelot, and they run to, essentially, Tintagel in order to build a base of defense. And all the knights come along for the ride. It's astonishing world-building. It's really beautifully written. Um, and it genuinely is a story about Arthur's kingship and him growing into the role with, like, a, a hot little side of, like, love and Merlin and feelings. But, like, such wonderful character study. And, like, really, it, it feels, like, of the time. It feels of the place. It has, like, the epic scale that kind of comes with, like, you becoming a king of legend. Yeah, that's super um, accurate. The other thing, thing that you need to know about this recommendation I just gave is as I was talking, MK was making some really special faces at me in the video chat window. And I don't... Why? Why? Am? Why I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, but one of my cats is making really cute noises and, like, trying to attack the window, which is, like, eight feet above her because I think Watson is in it. Yeah. It was really cute. Kittens. <laughs> Shut up. We have to end this. It's going to be a short episode, but we have to end it. It's going to bad places. Exactly. It's like too much shame <laughs> this episode. Uh, shame everywhere. Okay, so... But in conclusion... Merlin, feelings. So many feelings. Show, like, Merlin is a show that I think everyone should give a chance to enjoy. And you know and what? And Merlin is also a show that you should be prepared to understand that the first four episodes of any season are going to be great, and then the rest are going to be dubious. You could probably, like, someone out there could probably make a list of, like, the key Merlin episodes you need to watch, and they would just be, like, the good ones that cover the most important things, and you could probably skip the rest. And that's something a little obnoxious to say, considering the seasons are only 13 episodes. Yeah, it's pretty, it's sad, it's a sad commentary. But, like, season one is pretty freaking solid. Like, if you watch anything, watch season one. Yeah. Arthur's pants get tighter after the first couple episodes, don't worry. <laughs> they... He also gets naked for starting in the third season. Yeah, he gets shirtless like every episode. It's great. And their love is forever. That's all you need to know. Their love is canonically timeless. Yeah, literally canonically timeless. Also, Arthur shot Merlin's unicorn. He shot it, it hard. much clearer than that. No. Yeah, I think that's good. <laughs> yeah, we definitely have to end this. Bye. Bye, guys.